This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I'm smiling because we are near the end of the season. Just one game to go of this Premier League campaign. Of course, we play Leeds United at Elland Road on Sunday. It is now 61 days since Antonio Conte left the football club. We are still searching for a manager. We still have no director of football as well. But to help me talk about all of these subjects... And everything Tottenham Hotspur and, of course, all of the week's news. I've got three very special guests as normal. Back with us, we've got David Harris, also known as the Irish Hotspur. David, how are you? Ah, Yeah, just as good as we can be expected as a Spurs fan like you, Chris, waiting for the season to end. Absolutely. Well, lovely to have you back. And uh, before we get into it, uh, David, tell everyone where they can find you on, uh, on YouTube and, and what to expect from your channel. Yeah, you can find me over at the Irish Hotspur. I do more or less what everybody else does, have debate shows, you know, comment on the news, watch along, stuff like that. So if that's your thing, you can find me over there. We've also got the man, and I say this quite often now, the man that brings the medals to this channel and to Tottenham Hotspur. We've got Richard Whitehead, MBE. Rich, how are you? Yes, Chris. Uh, I'm feeling your pain for sure and counting down the minutes until... That final whistle goes to realise that we've just wasted a whole year of football watching watching crap, listening to crap and actually uh, not moving forward as a club and as a team. So uh, I think frustrated, very frustrated with um, this year um, and it's definitely time for a reset. I think it's a reset for the club, um, the directors. I think fans just need a little bit of a rest as well because it's just been negative, 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 and it it kind of definitely gets you down when um, the expectation of what you want to see on the pitch and and what you want to come out of the club and it's completely different. 
it literally you go to like North London Derby and after half an hour you're going, What am I actually watching? At half time it's three nil. Actually rubbish football, rubbish. And I've actually Chris, I've I put a bit out about Jose Mourinho and not wanting him at the club this week and I got quite a bit of backlash by um some of the fans. And it is it's true, I didn't want him and even now I wouldn't want him at the club. I think um for me you need to have people that buy into the mission, people that want to be at the club and not just chasing the money. And for me, he was—he just wasn't a good fit. Rich, before we talk about Tottenham, um, you've got a uh, another event coming up in June. Tell us all about it. Well, yeah, so it's Run run With Rich. So Run With Me and Nottingham at Home Pierpont. So those Spurs fans that are the East Midland, in the East Midlands or want to travel to Nottingham, come and join in. It's, uh, it's an event where we can smile a bit. <laughs> Spurs fans, we haven't smiled a bit this season. So come along, join in. Uh, you don't have to run. It's just the the name of the event. It's just come along and talk Spurs, talk about sport, and actually get involved in why we like what we do. And that's kind of because we love sport, we love football, and at the moment it's it's a struggle to love Spurs, but we do that as well. So yeah, so come along on the eighteenth of June. We've also got my good friend Jason Tranter back on the uh, on the show this evening. Of course, Jason was last on on a regular basis during last summer uh, when Jason was my travel partner to South Korea. You would have seen him eating quite a lot. Jason, how are you? Welcome back. <laughs> I'd like to think I've lost a little bit of weight by that, Chris, but maybe not. Yeah, it's good to see you again. I mean, uh, those were great days keeping me up at two o'clock in the morning to put your uh, podcast out thank you but yeah just stepped out in the heat of dorset and i'll be um looking forward to getting back with the uh, south dorset spurs on sunday uh, whether we just stick to the bands in the garden the beer garden or go in and watch the match we don't know yet we'll have to see but um yeah it's great to be back on chris thank you jason i want to start the show with you because i just want to get your thoughts on on how you are feeling right now as you just mentioned there you guys travel up from South Dorset. You leave very, very early in the morning. You get back very, very late in the evening, some games, certainly the uh, the evening kickoffs. Now, it has been a very long season. Of course, we were out in South Korea at that point. Both of us were feeling very optimistic about the season. Uh, of course, you know, the players done all of those laps in South Korea. We were expecting a lot. We had high hopes for this season under Antonio Conte. We've been through three managers. Uh, so much has happened. How would you describe this season? How are you feeling? Yeah, it started off really well. I mean, we had a fantastic trip. Um, we got to meet quite a lot of the players and you look them in the eye and you think, my goodness, we're going to have a great season ahead of us. And unfortunately, it, it all went peak on. Um, the loss of the fitness trainer um, to Conte, as well as quite a few other personalities in his, in his personal group, you know, his close group, um, affected, I think, himself and the team at the time. And we seem to have gone downhill since then, you know, dramatically. Um, there have been some highs, which are no doubt we'll talk about during this this cast, but it's been more lows. It's been a long old day travelling up from Dorset. And, um, you know, like the rest of the group, we've had to drown our sorrows with a few beers after the match. And there's not been a great, great deal to talk about other than planning trips to get back up there and try and experience something positive again. Um I don't know, really. It's, it, we'll, we'll always go back. But I think the numbers that we used to take up, we used to take too many buses, maybe 60 or 70 people. And as the season's gone on, that's kind of dwindled away to a, a, a small, hardcore group of people that no matter what, no matter who's in charge, using the ball, 
or who's playing on the football pitch, they'll, they'll always go up there and support the team. So it, it has affected us quite a lot. And we all want the best for our, ourselves and our team. We want exciting football. We want to be able to get off our seats and enjoy the day. But unfortunately, that, that 14, 15-hour day has been sport by 90 minutes of turgid, rubbish football at the moment. And that's, uh, that's never good for anybody. So... Dave, how are you feeling? Uh, because it has been a very long season. Of course, we've had the World Cup in between. We've had three managers. We've got no director of football at the moment. Uh, 61 days now we're waiting since Antonio Conte left. Uh, I know we'll come on to the manager shortly. Uh, but Daniel Levy, in his uh, programme notes uh, before the Brentford game, said it has been an immensely difficult season and the fans' frustration has been understandable. How are you feeling right now? To be honest with you, Chris, I, I think I'm feeling angry like everybody else. I'm feeling let down by everybody else. You know, it's a season that started off with so much promise. From what we've seen in Korea through the paces they were being put through, we got off to our best start ever in a Premier League season. You know, it, 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 it gave us so much promise. It gave us so much hope, so much positivity and, you know, a good outlook on things. But since then, it all came crashing down. I think uh, Ventroni, um, his passing sort of derailed it a little bit. Then Conte's losing other friends. Also, Conte, with his illness being back and forth to Italy, it sort of derailed the season completely. You know, and the only way I can sum it up is we, we've it's our worst season since 03 or 04. And it's our worst backline ever in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. And it's... um. For me, I'm angry at how it petered out. I'm angry at all levels, to be honest with you. I'm angry at the ownership. I'm angry at the chairman. I've been angry at the managers. I've been angry at them players as well. And for me, you know, it, it seems like, you know, a season that started off with so much promise, it's a shame for it to be ending the way it is, where, you know, it, it's petering out. We're sort of scrapping for Europa Conference League. And look, if we're being brutally honest, you know, it's, it's a toxic cesspit at the minute. Everyone's angry. It's ready to boil over. And it just can't continue like this. Like, you know, you hear people, I've heard a lot of people say before, I feel disconnected from this club and stuff like that. And I've never really fully understood it, but I've empathised with it. Now I fully understand it. I fully understand what they're going through with that disconnection. Spurs have always been a team that have been known for having a goal. We don't have a yeah. goal anymore. And that's the biggest problem with Spurs fans. Uh, Spurs fans, I think, you know, that that we're not having a go anymore. It's sort of, we're just peeking around. We're allowing teams to do what they want with us on a football pitch. And we're laughing stock across all levels, across the media, across, you know, across all, other fan groups, across the Premier League. We're just an absolute laughing stock. And none of us deserve this. And none of us want this, uh, want, want to be here. And um, hopefully over the summer, we can have a dramatic turnaround and improve this situation. Rich, how are you feeling right now? Because uh, as Dave said there, um, you know, everyone is frustrated. A lot of people are angry. Have you ever known a season like it where uh, people are, you know, putting their anger on the board, putting their anger on the managers and putting their anger also on the players? It is, you know, if people are feeling angry with everybody at the moment. For sure. Um, yeah, just reiterate what Dave said, really. it's um, It's been traumatic, to say the least. Um, it's... There's no stability in the club. Um, and you, I've said this time and time again, Chris, that you kind of, stability needs to shine through all all sectors of the club and whether that's the the male team, the women's team, the under-23s, under-18s, whatever. And I think you look at some of the other clubs that have, have had similar seasons, uh, and especially the ones that have, have been relegated, they've got real kind of issues within 
their kind of philosophy and environment and uh, throughout their spine of teams as well. Leicester, uh, very similar to Spurs, with obviously really struggling with the women's team. I think um, what the, the issue has been that um, you've been turning up to the games, especially at home, and you, the expectation is that you're going to be on the front foot. You're going to be entertaining the fans. You're going to be giving value for money. You're going to be playing like a Tottenham team should play. Uh, and then as soon as a whistle goes, it's been very negative. Um, I think the first couple of games that we obviously did play, we got we got a, a false sense of security around what the actual season was going to be like. Um, and I think maybe at that point, the team maybe thought they were slightly better than they were. Um, I think uh, when you look at the team itself, it's very poor in a lot of positions. Uh, and I've said this for a couple of seasons that we've we've still got some of those players that we should have moved on a long time ago. Um, I've also said before that we, we as fans, we don't get that reassurance from the board or from anybody in the club around the direction of the... Uh, the club at the moment and that's obviously showed with the lack of appointment with the manager um, and the merry-go-round that, that that creates with regarding speculation regarding I wonder how the players actually feel at the moment do you know what I mean they don't know what their futures are going to be like uh, next year whether they're going to fit within the uh, the future format I think it's in a right mess it's in a We've I've clearly got a fantastic stadium, which everybody knows. We've clearly got a fantastic training ground. But our team is very average, very average. And we'll finish this season where we deserve to in the league. And that's the only thing we, we, we can actually say about that, and whether that's 8th, 7th, wherever. I um, Probably going into the new year, I was saying that we'd probably still finish around 5th. I didn't think we were a Champions League team at the moment. I didn't think we had the... The, the, the real players to kind of push into that kind of area. And I, I said that Newcastle were, were a team that people needed to watch. I didn't think they would challenge, but I think they needed to watch. And uh, it's proved it's right. They've, they've obviously got a manager there that believes in the football that they play, uh, has made some of their players better, has invested well. And the, the, you can tell the crowd are behind them. I'm, I obviously live in Nottingham. Forest have got an amazing, amazing home crowd. Like you've been a couple of times, Chris, I know. And uh, yeah. amazing home crowd that is the 12th man. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, with it, when we go to our home games, um, there's nothing to be excited about. It's really hard to get behind the team that is is Bob Average. And uh, it has an effect on the, on the field of play for sure. So after this year, I think it's, it's a... I know a couple of guys in the comments have said we've been resetting for a while, but we need to kind of really take a look at ourselves and move forward. Rich, um, for anyone who didn't see your Instagram post last week, you were actually at the Etihad having photographs taken with the likes of Erling Haaland with their Premier League winners medals. How was that? Oh, my God. So I was, I was working for uh, one of our sponsors, Nissan, and... Um, to get the opportunity to go on the pitch and really just ask them some questions around kind of their philosophy as well, just to kind of, and like I said off, off air just a minute ago, just it was the winning mentality that they've got, whether they play 45 games or four games 
Um, unbelievable, like unbelievable togetherness. Um, clearly, players are going to move on, and but Pep Guardiola's got his troops in line. You step out of line, you get moved on, and as Spurs, you step out of line or you play shit, you get a five-year contract like Davidson Sanchez. It's terrible. Like for us, different mentality. But for me to see, see that and chat to the players, also, I actually wore a, uh, a championship medal. So Calvin Phillips, uh, as he came off the pitch, first person he gave his medal to, uh, gave it to me, put it on, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure any Spurs player is ever going to wear one of these, especially at the moment. And it just put into into perspective about where we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know, Rich, you've said all season on this podcast that you thought that we would finish fifth or sixth and get Europa League football, which, of course, yeah. we're now, uh, you know, trying to scrape a Europa Conference League spot on Sunday. Um, Jace, are you surprised that we've now waited 61 days before we've appointed a manager? And and it, it seems at the moment, you know, in the media, we're no further forward in appointing one. And of course, we've waited 72 days for Nuno Espirito Santo to walk through the door. We've gone full circle back to that point, haven't we? And I thought they would have learned the lesson, but they clearly haven't. But the trouble is, following on from that, we've we've had some of the best managers, or just before, some of the best managers we could have uh, had in the world, and we've exhausted them. So where the next step to take us, I really don't know. Um, and unfortunately, we're relying on a lot of rumour. We're relying on a lot of media stuff that is, is sending us down false alleys. So we all build our hopes up potentially, potentially for Mr. Slot coming or something like that, Arnie Slot, and all of a sudden that gets switched off. Whether it was on in, in the first place, we don't know. But it gets switched off, we all get disheartened, and the level of anxiety and the level of frustration and everything grows again. And that's the problem. They're, they're, they, these people are being be, uh, built up. I mean, Ange uh, Postigoglo from Celtic, excuse the pronunciation, he was banded about over the last 24 hours and immediately that was nipped in the bud and it's gone. And everyone's like, oh, we can't even get someone from Celtic. So, yeah. it, 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 you know, what the board are doing, we don't know, because a lot of the time it's secrecy and, we, you know, we'd be sent down false rabbit holes. But it'd be nice if they reassured us occasionally, gave us some sort of indication of where they want to go. Bearing in mind the season ticket renewal deadlines at the end of this month, and people were hesitating over that. And it, it shouldn't be in that kind of situation. We have gone full circle back to the new, new, situation and that was awful let's face it so where we go next i don't know but i i suspect and i, I don't doubt you're going to talk about this but i think it'd be rogers or potter and that how that's going to be received i really don't know probably very badly the way things are going at the moment jace we'll talk about managers in a second um now as richard said um the infrastructure at tottenham the stadium the training ground um everything uh, to do with uh, stadium events, etc., is absolutely exceptional at the football club. But all of us Spurs fans want to see us taking things extremely serious on the pitch, challenging for honours, challenging for the Premier League, the Champions League, and every single trophy in the land. Do you think that there will be a stage where this current board, and in particular Daniel Levy, does take things seriously and wants to compete at the highest level, i.e. spending uh, more money than what we've done uh, so far, uh, making better decisions. Uh, he's trying to do it in a sustainable way because he's 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 versus all rich states. He's you know Newcastle and Man City and in some ways Liverpool. 
I've got these huge backers. Um, we don't have that. He's trying to do it in a sustainable way by having concerts and NFL and all the rest of it. But that doesn't that doesn't play catch up too soon. That we just don't have the millions and billions apparently that we can put into the into the first team. What it's almost as if we need two chairmen, one for the leisure part of the club and one for the football side of the club. That's that's the problem we've got. He he he's he's got too many eggs in his basket. And he, you know, if we we're going to treat this seriously, Tottenham Hotspur as a football club will be the priority. But it's not, unfortunately. He's looking at all these other revenue streams, and we've we're going to have to get used to it because that we've built a leisure facility, and that is the problem we've got. And that's why everyone's getting so miffed off. I mean, you look at the club shop this week, and it's full of Beyonce merchandise. And when the October comes, it'll be full of NFL merchandise. And people go, "Oh, that's not the priority. The football team is not the priority." everything else is and that's where it's gone wrong but you know unless someone takes the club over it is not going to change but we have to be very wary of what's happened to Chelsea it's worked out well with uh, Newcastle and Man City although they've got a few breaches knocking about but if we get someone in even worse then you know who knows where we're going to be Dave, let's come to you. Um, Nigel writes here, we should go for the Brentford goalkeeper, David Raya, director of football operations, Lee Dyke, and their manager, Thomas Frank. Would you take all three of them? Um, look, I like Dykes, to be honest with you. Um, he's a guy that really likes um, youth players. He sort of forges a path for youth players as well, and he, he has a good knowledge of them as well. So for me, when I look at Tottenham, the under-17s, the under-18s, some of the players we've bought for the under-21s over the last few years, plus a lot of Paratici's recruitment has been 25 or under. He really lowered the average age of that squad. I think something like that is what we should be aiming for, in my opinion, right now. Because, look, the reality is, um, for me, I think I think we're in a situation where, where Daniel Levy actually doesn't really know how to get us out of the current situation that we're in. I think he was so focused on the stadium and keep trying to keep the cost down when they're spiralling and the training complex and everything else. I think, you know, he took the eye off the scouting department, the youth facility, um, the playing squad and, and all that sort of stuff. And for me, I don't think he actually knows where to start to get us back on track. And he needs the help. He, he needs to bring in a good director of football. He needs to bring in a good manager. But not only that, he has to follow through that plan. The last four years, the reason why we're in this mess is because he hasn't followed plans through. He sacked Pochettino halfway through a season and brought in Jose Mourinho. Then over the summer, you know, he failed to back Jose Mourinho adequately to what he's used to the standard that he's used to. And then the knock-on effect, he ended up carrying the can and being sacked during that season. Then we put Mason in charge. We brought in Nuno, sacked him, brought Conte in. He done well up to a certain point. But then over this summer, we failed to buy centre-backs. We're failing to address issues to give the manager a proper chance at this football club. And the knock-on effect from that is, is then, then they're going into the season. Tough times come about because we haven't fixed issues. And they're the ones getting sacked rather than saying, hang on, we know we haven't done everything or given everything possible to be able to help any manager succeed here over the last four years. So we're going to double down, we're going to stick with them and we're going to reinvest in the summer. It's a continuation. It's a, it's a lack of a continuation of a plan that has us in this mess. You look at our squad. resembles four different regimes. You know, Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte and Nuno. In order for, him, for, 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 for something to work out of this plan at, at Tottenham, and it's all well and good, you know, pointing, pinpointing a goalkeeper, pinpointing a director of football and a manager. But they have to have full backing from above. For instance, you can't have players 
go into a manager, ask him why they're not playing. The manager give them the answer and they don't like it and they're going straight up to Daniel Levy. It causes conflict. The whole structure at Tottenham Hotspur is completely wrong. There's no leadership at Tottenham Hotspur either. So it's all well and good mentioning names, but it's how you intend to implement what you end up bringing in here and how, how hard you intend to follow that through. And we have not done that. David Ray, I think, is a brilliant goalkeeper. I wouldn't mind him coming in here. Very good with his feet. Although I do have my eye on the young Irish goalkeeper, Bazoon, who might get him at half the price considering um, Southampton are relegated. And Thomas Frank, I'm a bit dubious on Thomas Frank, uh, to be honest with you. Um, look, I know a lot of other people out there like him. They like the work he's done and stuff like that. But I'm not sure whether he's been a beneficiary again of a good operating club like Brentford or whether he's as good as people say he is. Because Brentford's scouting department is very, very similar to Brighton's. It's that analysis-led. So when you look at that, a lot of their players rarely fail. So I'm, 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 I'm not sure whether it's Thomas Frank is a great manager or whether he's been the, he's seen the benefit of continued investment and the right scouting and the right infrastructure put around them. But Dykes is one that I, I wouldn't mind coming to the club. Um, it's what Tottenham has done well in the past. Picked up players from lower league clubs. You had Deli Alley for Pochettino, Walker, Rose. We got um, Walker from Sheffield United. We got Danny Rose from Leeds. It's stuff that we've always done well about picking up players from lower league clubs, maybe um, from academies and stuff like that and bringing them through. And that's definitely something that um, Dykes would bring to Tottenham. Rich, how important is a director of football uh, to this football club right now? And are you surprised that we haven't appointed one since Fabio left? And the other thing I was going to say is when you think that Fabio and Antonio Conte were very good friends, um, you know, they had a very good professional relationship. And then, of course, twice this season, Conte come out and said, Jed Spence, a club signing, Dan Juma, a club signing. How on earth can those things happen when you've got a director of football and a head coach working together. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and and then the board working in a different plane as obviously the team. Um, and it's very frustrating, obviously, for the players, um, for the manager. Um, yeah, going back to your question, it, it's a director of football is is key to the manager um, uh, to have a director of football that that consults with the manager, that understands their philosophy, that that understands what their wants and needs are with players. Um, I think the Brentford-Brighton uh, philosophy around players is a good one. I, I, I've, I've looked into a lot of analysis. I do a lot of data with, obviously, myself being a, an athlete myself and know that that's a, a more proficient way of actually dealing with performance sport and and like Dave was saying, the numbers don't lie. Really, you, you don't really get a bum, a bum player out of that deal. Really, um, the only thing I would say about that is if we're wanting to step up into those Champions League places and, and go places and move forwards, I think we need to have a real kind of experience and, and rocks within the team. Leaders, I talk talk about this quite a lot on the podcast with Chris. And we haven't got those. Uh, Hugo, obviously, he's over the hill, um, sent uh, across that back line, no real leaders. Uh, Romero's obviously having to overstretch, and that's why he's getting booked and his performance have gone downhill slightly. Um, injuries in midfield have affected us. Um, we, we, I think we've, we've always had this. Um, we've got a good eleven. 
and then nothing beyond that. So you have a couple of injuries, it massively affects, like Benzinka obviously massively affected our season, uh, and um, not having that Ericsson-style player in the, in, in the team that could open up teams, especially when we're on the back foot, has really killed us in the last couple of years. Um, we really need to get back to what our wants and needs are and who we are as a team. And to do that, you need to have that spine. You need to have strong messages from the board, whoever that is. For me as well, like a lot of the comments, Levy, the board, the reason why we haven't been successful, it's down to them. I think it's, you've got to take, you can't keep pushing it down to the players all the time. It's down to them. I, um, I, I believe that. I think uh, they need to take account of it. I think having the managers that we have had, with all the success they've had, there's no... Uh, well, the consequence is that all these this experience has come in. They've not been successful because the board's not backed them, or the board's like you said, Chris, got players in that the club wanted to maybe make a bit of cash off, but not actually fit the the regime of the team. Uh, those kind of messages create uh, tidal waves in the team, and eventually you're going to get drowned, aren't you? And that's what's happened uh, season after season. Managers have had a good start. Well, they've had good kind of parts of the season, but then it's all came tumbling down. I th- I, again, back to what you just said, Chris, I think director of football is key. Um, that person needs to have European experience across uh, the best leagues. Is it able to entice some of those 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 players that that we used to have, those kind of Van der Vaart kind of players that come into the club and then kind of strike their their leadership on the team and actually drive the, the the team forwards and not relying on younger players like Skippy to come on the pitch and like direct the, the field of play. He isn't he's not he's not experienced enough to do that. And also I don't think it's 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 his role. He's still learning his trade. Jace, um I think it'd be fair to say that in the last couple of weeks certainly um Daniel Levy's name has been trending on Twitter quite a lot. Um do you do you expect uh, Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis to to sell up because there are a lot of unhappy fans? Do you think that that's going to happen in the near future? On mute, Jace. Apologies there, Chris. Sorry, I thought you'd take me off. <laughs> um, no, I, I, it's difficult to say. I think I, I, when the owner gets gets over here and he sits with Daniel Levy, I'm sure they'll talk it through. But, you know, there's there's talk in the, in the papers today even that Daniel's having to change his phone number and change his email address and everything because of the amount of abuse he's getting. There's only so much a man can take, I think, and it's probably getting to that point where he's, he's going to have to wrap it. Um, and I think that conversation is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, because at the early start of next season, if, if this form continues and certainly this... Uh, this disruption to everything that is in the ladies and the men's team, then it's it's not sustainable um, going forward. Um, uh, there has to be a point where he has to understand that there, there's a there's a failure point, and he he needs to move on. Um, but Joe Lewis is a very very old man. He might be worth five billion pounds or whatever it is. Um, but where that money's going to go? Is it likely to go to Tottenham Hotspur? I don't know. He's got so many different businesses that he's got interest in, and um, the minute he starts to get abuse. I think he'll turn us off pretty quickly. So we have to be quite mindful of that. But we've had Todd Klein in, in position for a couple of years now, 
with regards to the name rights of the stadium and all that sort of stuff. And although we set up a few concerts, we don't seem to be progressing with that either. So there's failures right across the board, not just not just with Daniel. There's uh, Donna, who I don't doubt is pulling some of the strings, and Todd. They're all culpable right across the, the whole lot for this mess. And as I say, they need to sort it out soon. And I'm sure Joe and his team will be there potentially in the summer having a bit of a roundtable meeting saying, you lot need to sort yourselves out because the fans certainly are and our patience is waning. So, you know, if there's if these Arabs, uh, Arabs people don't get the uh, Man United deal through, Jim uh, Ratcliffe takes it over then potentially they could switch fire to us. But, you know, again, we, we won't know until maybe late summer, which is too late for our uh, this season transfer window potentially and building for 23-24. Uh, so it, 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 it's a bit of a game we're playing, really, aren't we? Really, we're, anything that we do, any manager that comes in, we're planning for next season, not this, because everything will be too late. James, if you had to break it down um, and put it really simply, what do the board need to do now to turn this club around and take us forward again? Oh, God. Million dollar question. They, 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 they need to get a grip of the situation very, very quickly. Within the next couple of weeks, they need to appoint somebody. They need to, they need to sort themselves out then and start giving some positive information, not, not, not all this rubbish PR stuff that they keep putting out, just as a bit of a smokescreen. They need to be honest with us and they need to put some you know, some some real positive stuff out to encourage us to go back to that stadium and watch our football team and love our football team again. Because at the moment, the love is being lost right across, right across the board. You know, 22 minutes into a game, every game now, they're sing, singing for Levy to either leave the club or, or you know, do whatever, you know. And it's, it's, it's terrible. It's toxic. So they need to, they need to move quickly, very, very quickly. Or the house of, or the house will start tumbling down. Uh, look at Everton. Look at Leicester. Look at Leeds and the position they're in. And we could be very quickly in that position. Uh, no club, no club's too big to go down. Look at Everton. They're, they're a great club, and if they go, wow, new stadium as well. Yeah. Can I ask that, can I ask that Chris? Uh, I think, yeah. I think, um, yeah. For me, it's and Daniel knows this, being such a, an astute businessman. You need to get your workforce, your fan base, your community to understand the mission. Your what what you what you're going for. What's what the season's going to look like, and kind of it's about bringing the fans with him and getting the fans to 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 be part of a successful club. And we haven't had that for such a long time. We haven't like had the leadership that then kind of goes actually. Yes, we not might not be playing well today, but we see we see the vision, we see where the club's going, and we're going to give the the board the the manager time. We haven't had that, and that that becomes frustrating on the on this in the stands, and then that translates onto the pitch, and it's clear that the players do feel that pressure, and feel that they don't have the support of the, the fans. That's clear. And that, again, for me, that's from the lack of clarity from the board in the direction of the club and the kind of support they're going to give the, the manager and the director of football to upskill the actual players that we've already got. What is the plan, Rich? Exactly. That's, 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 that's the thing. 
the, the, the plan is obviously to make shit loads of money by having like Mario Kart underneath the stadium and Beyonce in this uh, in, in this, this stadium. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's definitely. How many times but, have you heard in the news around the, the other stuff that's going on at the stadium, but not the football? The football should be the cornerstone of what Tottenham Hotspur is about. Everything else, that's just make a couple of couple of quid here and there, but it's not. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dave, let's come to you on the same question. I noticed when I asked Jason that, you laughed. So uh, give us your thoughts. Look, there, there's a hell of a lot of things to do. I just like, I just want to uh, point out something. I had some feelings last night and I just wrote them down. And it's, um, you know, we were once a club that everyone loved to watch. You know, now they turn off their TVs when we're on. You know, we're a club that everyone wanted to be run like. Now we're a club or a symbol to everybody what not to do if you own a club. We have players every club in world football wanted to buy off us. Now we've only left with Harry Kane, maybe Sonny as well. We were everyone's second favourite team. Now we're everyone's team, a favourite team to laugh at. We were a club with everything at our feet. Now we're a club where we get embarrassed everywhere we go. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's across Europe or that in football competitions, it does not matter. We just get slapped up. And we were a team who, you know, used to play great football to a team that doesn't play football. We were a team in Europe to a team now going, probably looking like without any European competition at all. So we have fallen so far away from where we were under Pochettino. Me, I'm one of these. My issue comes with the last four years of what's going on, you know, since the Pochettino era. And it's just been bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Failed to follow through a plan, trusting in the wrong people. And for me, there's a, a number of things. It's not just one thing that ha- needs to happen. It's actually a number of things. We need a new era at Tottenham Hotspur. And what I mean by that is, you know, we got to get rid of a lot of them Pochettino players that are just not good enough. We got to face, face reality. A lot of them guys were backups of that era. Oh. Um, Dyer, Davies, Sanchez, Hugo Reese is now past it. You know, for me, he's past his best. A lot of them players, for me, they have to go. You've got to, you've got to move on. Look, whether we like it or not, they just don't have that same hunger, desire, passion. And the reason why I say that is you look at a lot of the new signings we've brought in. Although, you know, people might have their problems with them, at least they're trying, at least they're out there running around and stuff like that. A lot of these players, they just, they've lost that hunger and that passion at Tottenham Hotspur. They need to be moved on. We need to come in with a new wave, a new era. There's no point in persisting with them. They've let us down the last four years. These were the guys that were supposed to carry over the standards and everything else from the Pochettino era and keep it going. 
and it's completely not there anymore. Harry Kane alluded to it there last last week in an interview. So that needs to change. You know, you need to get in young, hungry players with a renewed energy and a renewed optimism for the game at Tottenham Hotspur. We need that on the pitch. But then after, we need a new captain as well. For me, Hugo Reese being a great servant. But I'm not a fan of a goalkeeper being captain. I never have been. For me, it's got to be someone out there in the middle, in the heart of the heat of the action. Someone like Hugo Reese. You know, for me, I don't I don't think he's been a great captain. I would like a change in captaincy. You know, too many times have we seen too many players coming to Tottenham over the last few years and not settling. And that's because there's no standards, there's no leadership, and there's no one making sure that when new players come in, this is how you act like a Tottenham player. This is how you behave with a Tottenham player. And this is exactly what we expect of you as a Tottenham player, and you're not to fall below that standard. You know, and that then, I back myself up with, you know, look at the amount of players we've recruited over the last three, four years, Steve Hitchens and Paratici's. So none of that's happening. You need a new leadership group at Tottenham. Too many times have players been able to clamour together to get rid of managers, this, that and the other. And the only ones who benefit, the players. They're the only ones who benefit because they're, they're, they're making mistakes. They're being highlighted. Their next one's out the door. The next one's the fans want out the door. All of a sudden, the manager ends up carrying the can. But also, you know, we need to... But we need to reset the leadership at this football club. You've got players that are just going to Daniel Levy. That cannot be the case. It should be they go to the captain, the captain goes to the manager, the manager goes to the DOF, who goes to Scott Munn, and then on to Daniel Levy. It should never be a case that a player should be, you know, can undermine a manager the way they are by going in there, not getting the answers they like, and going straight up to Daniel. That's not good enough. But also, we need a culture reset at Tottenham. For too long, we've been pying off one cup for the sake of another and, you know, looking to survive in top four. We now need to set a new culture where it's, we're here to win. We're in it to win it, whatever competition, and we go full throttle. And the reason why we haven't been able to do that is because the owners know themselves. They leave us going into every season short in a couple of positions. We never, ever go in in one season going, you know what, I think we've got a bit of everything here. We're covered. We're stopped. Let's go. We're always left short. And for me, if you change that and you can really get the squad to a proper level, you can have a go. And that's all Spurs fans want. We want to have a go. We want to have a crack at things. We were always known as a cup team. Now we can't get anywhere near a cup. You know, it's not good enough. So the culture at Tottenham Hotspur has to change. It has to be set from Daniel Levy because, you know, people can argue with me and say, Dave, you can't say that's the culture. They sat pots on the premise and not make it top four. Same as Jose Mourinho as well. Same as Nuno. That's the premise that they've set. And it's not a good enough culture. We need to set a culture of only excellence will do. Too long now have people been coming into this football club and just been taking the piss out of it, taking money out of it, and it's just not good enough. There's no one held to, held to account whatsoever. So for me, we need a complete culture reset and we need a full reset from top to bottom. And that's the only way things are going to change. Dave, do you see Daniel Levy or Joe Lewis selling the club in the near future? Look, Daniel Levy didn't look very very comfortable there at the last home game, I can tell you that. Um Look, Chris, let's be honest, right? There's only 1% of people in the world that have that sort of money to be able to come and buy this football club. So it's not that easy. However, you know... If they got an offer, if they got an offer, do you think they would sell? 
I think they'd certainly look at it right now. I think you look at, you know, the atmosphere inside the stadium, the media talking about the ownership now, ex-players, Harry Kane has come out and said that things around the club aren't good enough. Money Mason there today as well in his press conference. I think for me, I think they should definitely look at it if the offer came in. But, you know, there's also the other option. You know, if, 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 we, if everyone could stop this, bickering and arguing that's going on and it happens at all levels you have Daniel Levy and Donner Cullen wanting different things in the boardroom you have players fighting amongst themselves manager argument players and you've got fans arguing with each other if fans could unite it's power in numbers imagine the message you would send if you had 20 30,000 people marching down Tottenham High Road behind one message that would look and, and make them sort of look to sell up because me I'm one of these it's like They've took the club as far as they can. They picked us up as a mid-table team and we're very, very quickly going back to that. And they don't have the answers to get us out of it and they don't want to spend the money that's necessary to be able to get us out of it. So we've got no option but for them to sell. They have to sell at this point. In my opinion, I think whatever um, opinions any of us have, whether they're different or not, I think the majority of Spurs fans would agree that if the current board, Daniel Levy, Joe Lewis, etc., are going to stay at the football club, then we need to do things differently to what we've done in previous years and in previous seasons um, under you know so many managers. Um, Rich, let's come to you. 61 days since Antonio Conte left. Who should be the next Tottenham Hotspur manager for you? Who is going to take us forward? Um, and please take that into consideration um, about the board doing things differently. What do you think that they will do differently when they appoint a new manager? Because surely, you know, from reading Daniel Levy's latest statement and from uh, from reading some of his previous statements, um, you know, surely they've got to own some of these errors and own some of these, uh, you know, so many wrong decisions like Dave mentioned earlier and, yeah, and put it right. And obviously went in completely kind of different uh, directions with a club with like Conte and Mourinho. Um, and... Dave alluded to it earlier that if you go down that uh, down that route, then you've got to financially back them to the hilt to to get that kind of those kind of results. And remembering that obviously Jose did get us to a final and then wasn't able to take us mm. into that final to see the outcome. Um, and maybe if he did, we'd be sitting here in a, with a different uh, complexion to where the club is at. Um, because obviously, you know what we're like with Man City and. Uh, especially we'd spent so much time at Wembley as well, being our home, that might have been a possibility to win that, that game. Whew, the manager-wise, I just think there's been so many names banded around. And again, you kind of, the, the, the supporters, I'm sure the players, don't know. They really don't know what, what's in Daniel's head going forwards, whether it's a, a young kind of uh, manager like Nangelsman that has that... Um, energy, drive, that philosophy, um, that attacking football. Is, is that what he's looking like? Is he looking for something like buddy like that? Or is he looking for somebody that isn't opinionated, that's just going to be a bit of a puppet for the club? Um, I haven't, at this point, I couldn't tell you who the, our next manager was going to be. And that's, that's a real concern. I, I would say the amount of people that have been banding around name-wise whether it's the Celtic manager, whether it's the whether it's Rogers, whether it's all those kind of guys that clearly we, we I don't think we'd want. I think we, 
having a connection with the club is is, is important. I think um, it's not idea. It's not kind of top of the list, but it's it's to actually know what the the real problems are with the club and historically how hard the chairman is to deal with if if uh, he's still in position. Um, but I don't know about you, Chris, but you're just, you just can kind of go round in circles with with, with names and. Pochettino yeah. was like this. It was like we're getting Pochettino is in the is in the loop. He's not been interviewed. He's now going to Chelsea. Is that signed off yet? No, it's not signed off. But it looks like it's going. And it's just then uh, people kind of rule themselves out, but then they're in. Um, if you ask me um, who I'd like to see at the moment, I think you look. You've got to look to either people that have have got that kind of philosophy that Spurs would like. Whether it's the Brighton manager, whether he'd be a good option with obviously his background under under Pep Guardiola, or you'd want somebody from um, a different league that's that's got that experience of of winning, and whether it's a team like a Juventus, a Real Madrid, or Barcelona like Luis Enrique. Um, but again, you get somebody like Luis Enrique, in, the board need to kind because of, his philosophy is completely different to what we've had in the past. I think we definitely need someone who's going to play entertaining, free-flowing football like we were promised a couple of years ago. Um, and going back to your point, Rich, about Pochettino, Chelsea are playing at home on the final day of the season on Sunday. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Pochettino unveiled as the new boss even before that game or at half-time. What a lift that that would give the crowd and how gutted all of us would feel. They've been terrible um, this season, haven't they? They've been terrible, but so have we. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jace, who would you like to see as the new Spurs boss? Do you know, I've, before I came on the show, I started to do a little bit of research because I don't know how much time you do it. So I started writing all these names down and every time I wrote a name down, I had to get some tip or something and cross them off. So uh, I even got their, their dates of birth and everything, you know what I mean? And how much coaching jobs they've done. And it's just been a complete waste of time. So Beyonce's 41, if you wanted to know that. But um, <laughs> it's it's it, it, I, I said it right at the beginning of the show, I think, that uh, we'll probably end up with Rodgers or, or Potter because it seems to be the easiest option at the moment. But I think our last trophies were under people that you wouldn't necessarily associate with us being successful, with George Graham yeah. and one day Ramos. And before that was yeah. Terry Venables and Keith Birkinshaw. So we'd all love a Birkinshaw back or a Venables, wouldn't we, at this stage? Because they, they were just wonderful managers and a, a bit of a purple, you know, fantastic period for Tottenham Hotspur. But we, we're kind of clutching at straws now, Chris. We every time someone's put in the media, we can just cross them off the next day or within the next 24 hours. With Sky Sports, that little yellow ticker computer says no, unfortunately. And um, who knows who we're going to get? But at the moment, we've got Ryan Mason in charge. And if he's in charge at the beginning of the next season, then we do know it's all gone horribly wrong. So that's normally we'd say, let's back the manager, let's get behind the team. But this is a bit of a different scenario now. We're going back to, we tried that with Nuno and it, it, it didn't turn out too well, to, to be honest with you. Jace, do you expect a big clear out of players in the summer? Yeah, yeah, I'd hope so. I think my list is about 14 people, to be honest with you. I think it's quite easy to tell you who's going to stay, probably five aside. Um, we need to get rid of so many players, but I, I think the contracts will say otherwise. And that's the problem we've got. And we've got a lot of people on loan as well. Um, you talked about a manager, that Napoli manager, I think, is just about to leave. And anyone that can get a tune out of Don Ballet, then uh, he probably deserves a, 
a shot, to be honest with you, if we can get him. But do we want another moody Italian? That's the uh, that's that's the question. Um, yeah, it's a long list, Chris, and uh, you'll probably want to cover that later on, won't you? Yeah, well, I, I like Roberto De Zerbi. I know it's going to uh, probably cause you know some some rift because whoever I mention uh, of managers, you know, everyone's got different opinions. But Julian Nagelsmann, I would love to see him in at Spurs. I think he plays uh, great football. I think he's a, a a great manager. He would certainly entertain us. Dave, who would you like? Yeah, first of all, Chris, the fact that you said Deserve, you can now cross them off your list. That seems to be the way it's working. As soon as someone mentions or does a video on one of these guys, they're throwing out the next day. Do you know what, Chris? For me, I think, look, I wanted Pochettino back. I wanted Nagels, man. It looks like they're not going to happen. I was getting excited for Arnie Slaughter. I could have seen what he brought. Again, not going to happen. Hold on, Dave. What, 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 why can Nagelsmann not happen? Because from what I understand, Fabrizio Romano stated that Spurs spoke to Nagelsmann and he wanted to work with a director of football that he knows that can support him on a daily basis at the football club. Spurs apparently wanted to go down the route of appointing their own director of football and then appointing the manager. The way that I see it, and tell me if, uh, if, if you agree or disagree, you really want a manager or a head coach and a, and a director of football that know each other, that know how how each other works and, and what they want out of each other's jobs. Mm. Would that not be like the perfect thing to do? Nagelsmann to come in, tells Daniel Levy, well, this is the guy that I want to work with this. You know, he can do X, Y and Z. This is going to be great for the football club. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Could Spurs go back to Nagelsmann and possibly strike a deal for him? Look, I think, I think it's the ideal situation. That's exactly what you want. Two people that work together and not fighting against each other. Two people working for a common goal. That's exactly what we want at this football club. I just fear that we've left it too long. You're going to have Real Madrid now shortly. Ancelotti hasn't signed a new contract there, and it's not looking like he's going to. You're going to have other clubs, you know, come the end of the season, hiring and firing managers, and I fear his head might be turned. Plus, the last, the last it left off, we sort of, you know, it was it was put out that, you know, Nagel's man wasn't for us. I mean, come on, like, that's not the case. And maybe someone like Nagel's man could be butthurt by, by, by the media spin that was put on it from our side. Um, look, for me, it would be the ideal situation, Chris, but I fear we're past that now. I fear we're so far down the list. I'm not actually inspired by any of them, to be honest with you. The guy I would like to take a punt on is Amarim, but it's going to cost him 30 million to get him out of sporting. We're not going to pay 30 million to get a manager out of sport. But what I do know is what we need to do is just identify a manager, look at the football he plays and the job he's done, go and get him and say, bring me that to Tottenham. Give me that to Tottenham and do everything you can to give him a chance to be able to implement it. Look, I, I take your point on Nagel's on, 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 on man, Chris. You know, with Tottenham, you can never really say it's dead and buried. I mean, we thought Conte was gone. That happened. You know, I remember... Mm -hmm. When we appointed Conte, someone asked me about Conte the night before, and I was like, look, I don't think it's going to happen. Next morning, he was in the job. So I wouldn't say it's dead and buried yet. However, we have left the opportunity for bigger clubs that can offer more and a better project to come in and swoop the guy. And, uh, you know, for me, the opportunity was there to more or less get it straight away when they hire Stuchel. We didn't do it. We've been we've been mucking about, and it doesn't send out a good good message to any manager, especially like someone like Nagel's man. He's been sitting there for quite some time. You want to make him feel special and make him feel number one. 
you go and get them. And then in return, you get a guy that's coming in here that has hunger, has a, has a, has a hunger and appetite for the job that he has to undertake. But if you're making people feel like second, third, fourth choice, then you're going to get that in, in, in the manager you bring in here. And the fact that we've gone for Arnie Slot and pulled out, what message does that send to Nagelsmann? Nagelsmann is the type of guy that'll be sitting there. I should have been your number one choice. In fact, I should have been your only choice. It doesn't send out a good message. It does not. Can I ask you all for your prediction? Not necessarily who you want, who you think Spurs will appoint and will be our manager on the opening day of next season. Dave, who do you think will be our new manager? Brendan Rodgers. Rich? Oh, my goodness. Just, just the I, name, Rich. Uh, I, I see, yeah, you, you know what I'm like as well. I, um, Ryan Mason. Jace? I'll, I'll, I'll go for Potter. I'll go for Potter. There we go. Good grief. He's supposed to be off the knees. Right. He's supposed to be off the knees, but we'll see. Rogers, Mason, and Potter. <laughs> that's that's where that's where we're at. I'm afraid, Chris. If the dream would be Nagelsmann or someone like Luso Enrique, but it's it, 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 it's everything points to Rogers or Potter. I'm afraid, and Mason. Okay. <laughs> Stick rather than twist. <laughs> I just want to talk about the Europa Conference League. Um, Ryan Mason said in his press conference today, we definitely want to compete in Europe. Any European competition is important for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Rich, do you want a place in the Europa Conference League? Because, of course, it is the last day of the season on Sunday. A draw for Spurs would be enough if the following happened. Aston Villa lost at home to Brighton and Brentford lost to Manchester City, a draw would be good enough for Spurs to get in the Europa Conference League in seventh spot, mm. or a win for Spurs and Aston Villa to draw or lose home to Brighton, and then Brentford's result wouldn't matter. Do you want the Europa Conference League competition next season? No, 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 no. I, um, yeah, no. I, I it's just not a step forward, is it? Um, I think. Um, Will it affect the ability to to attract players? No, it won't. Um, it's not the, it's not the same as the Champions League. Clearly, um, I think it's a real distraction for the team. Um, and then you get pulled into playing players Saturday, Thursday, or whatever it is, Sunday, Thursday, um, and it takes away from their Premier League performance. Uh, I just, yeah, I think we know what happened last time we played in that league. And it was like obviously you travelled a lot then, and to some some really dodgy places. That yeah, no, I, uh, I, I what what would we gain from being in that league? What would we get? I don't think we would gain anything. Um, I think, like I say, it needs to be a reset. We need to kind of start afresh. Um, yes, we've had a bad season. Um, learn from these mistakes, and then move on. Uh, because, yeah, like the boys were saying earlier, we, we're not we're not too big a club to be draw uh, drawn into a, a dog fight at the bottom of the league. Um, and but that's how we're playing at the moment. We've, some of the teams that are fighting against relegation, we're not we're not playing any better than those at all. And I, I, the game against Leeds, I think it's going to be a real struggle for us to win it um, away at Leeds. Obviously, they're fighting for something where I think a lot of the players that we have at the team at the moment have already kind of 
got their ticket to go on holiday and have already kind of resigned themselves to the position of um, uh, being sent sent somewhere else um, in the summer. Chase, do you want Europa Conference League football? Ah, I do. Um, I know that sounds strange at the moment, but yeah, I do. Um, for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, we fought so many years to try and get into Europe when we were finished, languishing at sort of mid-table for all those years, and we, we were desperate to get into Europe in some form or another. So I think it's always good to have some form of European football. It's not the Champions League. And to tell the truth, has it really done us any favours with attracting better players? It, it kind of hasn't really, is it? Let's, let's face it, you know, it might have done a couple of years ago. But certainly hasn't over the last over the last period. Um, on a selfish point of view, Thursdays and Sundays are horrible. I have to say for travelling and stuff. So I like my Saturday afternoons, three or half past five, are an absolute dream when you're having a beer, a few beers, no recovery on a Sunday. Uh, sorry, Monday morning. But um, yeah, I think I think it's good. Plus, we've got we have got a core group of younger players coming through. We've just won some trophies. That that T word that we're, we're all sort of down about at the moment. Are are you for doing fantastic? There are signs that some of them are coming through and they will be blooded in the Europa Conference potentially in the first team. Yeah. So there are some positives um, to take from being in European football, even though it's you know a way to carry a bag or something like that. I don't know, some obscure place. But I'm almost at enough points to go away to Europe. So, yeah, bring it on. I'll see you in Pacos de Ferreira and Jace. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a serious note, I think, uh, you know, ever since Pochettino left, um, you know, whenever I speak to uh, some of the um, younger players' families when I'm at the games, they feel that, you know, so many of the youngsters want to leave the football club and have left the football club in the last couple of years because they don't have the opportunity. They haven't had the opportunity under Jose Mourinho and the likes of um, Antonio Conte as well, um, you know, in cup competitions. I personally would love to see us get in, in the Europa Conference League. I know I'm in the minority, I think you agree with me, don't you, Dave? 100% I agree with you, Chris, my man. Um, look, for me, when it comes to European football, regardless of what's on offer, we're not in a position to be able to pick and choose and determine, you know, what, what trophy we want to be. And for me, it's a trophy at the end of the day. It's been too long. And why not use it as the start of a new era? Like you say, Chris, you know, and it's, there's too many, too, too many youngsters that should have been given a chance down the years that haven't. And I don't blame these youngsters for, for leaving because there is no pathway for them. You're playing the same guys every single time across this comp, across a lot of these cup competitions over the last four years. You go and look at it. Dyer, Davies and Sanchez has played the majority of the times we've gone out of these cup competitions. The majority of the times we've been embarrassed in these cup competitions. There's the same individuals that keep playing. And it's like, if you're a youngster, it's like, you know, what? why wouldn't you leave the football club? You're like, well, I can offer something. I'll put in more effort and I certainly have more determination and desire than a lot of these guys. And I want a chance. You've had Nolan Madueke, Marcus Edwards, Lewis Binks, uh, Dennis Serkin, Lavinia, all these players all refusing to sign contracts at 17, 18 years of age and going off across, across Europe, sometimes down the lower leagues and backing themselves and fair play to them. And for me, I don't understand why we can't use a Europa Conference League to develop players. I grew up in an era Harry Kane's first ever Tottenham goal was in the UEFA Cup against Shamrock Rovers. I remember it very well, you know, and look what the career he's gone on to have. I grew up in an era where we always used early rounds of cup competitions and you could put out a couple of youngsters mixed with some players returning from injury and some players that are usually on the bench on the weekends. And you go out and you deal with these teams easily, three, four, five nil, no sweat whatsoever. And for me, I want to get back to that. 
you should always have a couple of youngsters coming through in these cup games to push other people and make sure that they know their positions are on the track and you're not afraid to throw youngsters in if they're not going to do their job. And that's why we should be using that Europa Conference League. Plus, I'll be honest, if we're in it, I want to win it. I really want to win it. I want to win a trophy. And for me, why not win that and do what Jose Mourinho is doing? Win that Europa League, win that Champions League. Use it as the start of a new era at Tottenham Hotspur and use it as a marker to lay down that this is the way we're going from now on and this is the way we're moving forward. That's the way I feel we should be using these cup competitions. And I'll be honest, I don't want to be sitting there next next season watching Aston Villa in the Europa Conference League because all I'm going to be sitting there doing is like, well, that should be Tottenham Hotspur. And all it is is a constant reminder of how far back we've fallen. So for me, I'd much rather be in it and participating in it and having two games a week than sitting there and having one game a week. You know, you look yeah. at West Ham, just quickly, you look at West Ham, being in a relegation uh, battle all yeah. season long. But the one team that their supporters have had to hold on to is that run to an, another, uh, to a European final, at the European semi-final last season as well. And, you know, they're, they're happy with it. And it's just... It's it's a break away from what's going on in the Premier League. And for me, I really want a Euro, Europa Conference League. I just want us to use it right this time. I don't want us to persist with a lot of the driftwood that have been put out there before and let us down and embarrassed us. I want it to I want to use it right this time. Absolutely. I would love to see us go strong in it and uh, of course bring a number of the youngsters off the bench if we're winning games. Uh, comfortably, um, and the next manager that takes over, I would love to see them take the likes of the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup a lot more seriously than previous managers have. Um, now, let's look at the uh, bottom of the Premier League table. Leeds are currently 19th. They've got 31 points from 37 games. They've got to win this game. A draw will not be enough for them. They've got to win this game uh, to have any chance of staying uh, in the Premier League next season. Now, Ryan Mason said today, um, Eric Dyer's out, Romero's out, Pierre Mihoybier trained this week. He also said, we trust the players and whatever team is on the pitch, we will have full confidence in them. Um, Rich, do you have full confidence, whoever no. is on the pitch on Sunday? No, 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 of course not. Because <laughs> uh, not showing, you look at the last six or seven results, it's been terrible. Um no desire, no passion. Uh, not playing for the shirt at all. Not not playing for for the fans. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players that are out 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 clubbing or out on holiday, but they're definitely not out on the pitch for sure. Um, and yeah, yeah. How many times have I said that you want to see the players busting a gut? Not after ninety minutes or ninety six minutes, however long it is, on the knees, giving everything for the shirt. I don't see it. Um, and I know Leeds will be doing that on Sunday, for sure. Um, they're fighting for the last down there. Possibility of getting out of the relegation so, uh, zone and actually saving their, their status in the league. Um, well, again, I don't think the players want to be playing Conference League anyway. Um, so, will there be kind of going for it? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, weekend. I think those three clubs, it's going to be yo-yo. I think Leeds, Leicester could get out of that situation and and Everton could could lose and obviously be relegated. So um, and Spurs are going to be part of that. I think uh, I think that's going to be the the story. Not actually if we're going to get in the European the Europe yeah European Conference League. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. 
I think uh, they're going to be on the front foot. They're, Leeds are a front foot team. They'll be after us that first 20 minutes and we know what happened to Newcastle, uh, when we played Newcastle. Um, they were all over us and a lot of the fans were going home after 20 minutes. So um, let's hope we put in a good performance because that might then um, stop the rot of what this season's been. And actually, the away fans that do travel to watch at Ellen Road hopefully can see a game and not just see, obviously, the, the, the mm-hmm. Spurs players just... Uh, thrown in the towel because that's what you don't want. You don't want to go to somewhere like Ellen Road and not actually turn up. Uh, but I tell you what, the, the, the players are going to feel that pressure. They're going to have pressure on them because that crowd, how bad Leeds have been this season, that crowd are going to be on the Spurs players' backs every time they've got the ball. Yeah. Well, we haven't won away from home in the Premier League since January. Fulham yeah. was the last uh-huh. away win. It seems a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but in the last 12 seasons, Spurs have only lost on the final day of the season once, and that was a 5-1 defeat away at Newcastle in May 2016. Um, Jace, yeah. <laughs> you feeling confident ahead of this game? <laughs> it's our Euro Cup vision moment. Tottenham Hotspur, nil point, I think. Um, it's it Leeds, you talked about the, the atmosphere at Nottingham Forest earlier, and some of the grounds are really hostile, and Ellen Road must be up there. And Sam Allardyce, you know, he... he, he he, he doesn't hold back. That team's going to be absolutely full throttle at us. I'd be very surprised if we get away with just a two or three nil against us, to be honest with you. Our defence is not set up to to handle that kind of atmosphere at the moment. And uh, they could they may surprise us. They may shock us and come out fighting and, and, and put on a performance. But all three of those teams are going to be fighting Leicester and Everton. And um, I... I, I I don't normally bet against my own team, but I've, unfortunately, on Sunday, I think we may we may be up against it. Um, and I think Villa, you know, they'll be they'll be in the conference or, or whatever it's going to be, Europe, and and we'll be left languishing in night for whatever it's going to be. Unfortunately, that is that that's where we're at. I, I'd love us to do it, um, but I don't think we can. This is uh, a great shame because I tell you what, Spurs this season have changed my good friend Jason because. Back in July, Jason, when we were in South Korea, you were so optimistic about this season. I tell you, you've changed massively. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Dave, let's come to you. Now, Spurs haven't won away against any of the sides in the bottom four, losing 4-1 against Leicester, drawing 3-3 against Southampton and 1-1 away at Everton. Why do you think we've struggled against these teams at the bottom of the league? Like Chris, you know, we've got a squad that's broken and fractured. You've got players that, you know, aren't pulling their weight for each other. And you're coming up against a team that's in a dogfight, that's doing their best to get out of there and, you know, survive in the Premier League. When you've got a team that are willing to be dogging and fight for each other and run each other, that beats talent every single day of the week. You know, it be hard work does beat talent every single day of the week. And I think that's our biggest problem. But Chris, it's not only in the Premier League. People go back and look at a lot of our cup exits, a lot of the embarrassments we suffered across Europe. It's all away from home. We've got a serious problem at this football club. We do not travel well whatsoever. Um, and, and for me, I think that's what it is. I think hard work beats talent every day. And I think we go to these places expecting an easy day at the office. We're hit with a bit of a fight and we don't have that grit to dig in and be able to oversee that and let the talent shine. Do you think Mason will change anything, formation and, and tactically? Um, no, I think he'll pretty much go with what he went with last week, if you want me to be brutally honest. I don't see him 
changing too much whatsoever. I, I fear it's going to be a, a tough game for Spurs fans this weekend. I don't think we've seen uh, the worst uh, of our season yet, if you want me to be brutally honest. But we're rocking up to an Ellen Road. It's going to be hostile. It's going to be bouncing. You know, um, them Leeds players are going to feed off that energy. For me, the only way we get something out of this is if we get the early goal, silence that crowd, get it turned on their own players and, and make it a nice, quiet stadium for us to be able to play in. That's the only way I fear we get something out of this. I think I think Big Sam, he's made a living off this, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna show up at the weekend with the right tactics to be able to do us. Because you've got a Leeds team who are pulling together, you've got a Tottenham team where everyone's pulling in different directions. Half of them are on the beach. I question do half of them actually want Europa Conference League? Do any of them want to be traveling around, you know, on Thursdays and playing again on Sundays, like uh, Jay said as well. So for me. I fear for this weekend and it's a sad state of affairs. I'm not, again, I'm not Jason, I'm not like this. I never predict Tottenham to lose. You know, I always try and see the best for Tottenham Hotspur, but I genuinely worry about this weekend. Mm. Well, Sam Allardyce was relegated once and that was back in the 2020-2021 season with West Bromwich Albion. Before I get your score predictions, I'm just going to give you some more facts. Harry Kane has scored on the final day uh, of the past five uh, Premier League seasons. Um, if Spurs concede on Sunday, we will beat a record for the most goals conceded in a 38 Premier League season. Tottenham have won one game in the past seven, drawing one and losing five. Leeds haven't won a home match this season against sides currently in the top half of the table. Leeds are without uh, a win in eight games, two draws and six defeats. Spurs have won four of the past five Premier League games against Leeds. The only defeat in those five games came under Ryan Mason two years ago in May 2021. And Leeds have lost eight of their past 10 Premier League games against Spurs. Let's get score predictions. Rich, let's start with you. Does that change anything? Um, oh, that's... Yeah, pulls me, me with a little bit more confidence about that we'd, we'd win. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel... Oh, my goodness. 3-2. To Tottenham? 3-2 Leeds, I think. I think it'll be... I think we'll... I think we'll... I think they'll score first and it'll be just a bit of a ding-dong match, I think. Jace, what are you thinking? Yeah, lots of goals, but on our advantage, unfortunately. 4-2 Leeds. Wow. Dave? Mm. All them stats you read off, uh, Dr Tottenham will see you now. Um <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it's the case, please. We all know it's the case, you know. We all know. Um, look, you're never ever gonna get it out of me to get to, to go against my team. I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go two three two Tottenham. I'm gonna go three two Tottenham. I'm gonna go two one Tottenham and uh, I think we're gonna get Europa Conference League football. Or that or that might just be me being positive to try and end this <laughs> this uh, this dreadful season that we've had. My goodness. We'll try and finish on a high. We'll try and finish on a high, hopefully. Um, Dave, thanks so much for joining me this evening. It's been a pleasure having you back. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back on in the summer when we'll still be doing shows, uh, of course, when the season's completed. P please tell everyone where they can find you and uh, your wonderful channel. Yeah, first of all, Chris, Jace, Richard, it's a pleasure spending the evening with you. Um, really appreciate it. Good, good conversation. You guys can find me over at the Irish Hotspur. Look, get over there. I'm so close to 10K. Get over there, smash the subscribe button and help a fellow Spurs fan out. If Tottenham aren't going to achieve, one that helps Spurs fan achieves. 
<laughs> and Jason, pleasure having you back. Um, you. Please tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, yeah, so um, well, I'll be heading to the pub on Sunday to watch uh, watch our game if I'm if I'm if I'm brave enough. Um, you can find me on Instagram sds underscore cois. Um, you see lots of good pictures on there of uh, of the team and Spurs and everything everything Spurs related. A little bit of Dorset thrown in, and um, uh, on Twitter South Dorset Spurs. Check us out. I think we're up to about fourteen k on on there. people following us. So that that's going really well. So. Um, and look out for Lee, the Dorset Spur as well. He's a top lad, um, one of yeah. our groups. So, uh, yeah, a lot of you know him. So, thanks, guys. Thank you, Jace. And, Rich, pleasure having you back. And uh, tell everyone about this wonderful event you've got coming up. It's always a pleasure, Chris. And everybody, like I always say, make sure you subscribe and follow Chris's journey because it's been tireless this season. So, get on that and uh, support Chris, uh, kind of bringing the crowd together for... I'm sure our last game for sure and uh, being the force that we can be. Yeah, but on the 18th of June, I've got my run event, uh, run with Rich. Um, you can go over to my my foundation website, which is the Richard White Foundation and log in there. It'd be great to see some fellow Spurs fans there. I know some of you have said in the comments that you're going to come down and support. Trot round. I know a lot of you got beer bellies. I've seen them. So that's it. You need to trot around. I know Chris has got a bit of a belly since he did the London Marathon a couple of years ago. So <laughs> he, he, needs a, he needs to get a shift on a bit. Um, actually, I just had a message from my mates say I was on. Apparently, I was on Beat the Chasers tonight. My rerun, my Beat the Chasers, where I won twenty four grand for Sarcoma UK. So that's where you could have saw me tonight, if not on here. And um, I'll be at the Lee Woods fight uh, tomorrow night. So I'll be watching that. Um, I've been doing quite a lot of just. Uh, Going watching some some sport. I've I've had quite a bit of time off the track, um, so it's enabled me to watch a bit of football and boxing and some of the other sports I like, which is brilliant. And uh, get a real flavour what's going on out there and and kind of see what see what my next kind of uh, challenge is going to be within within my sporting career. So uh, you might see me at uh, a stadium or a boxing ring or a, or a velodrome near you. So uh, look out for me. And you can also follow me on Marathon Champ and all those other all those other uh, social uh, platforms. Always winning trophies and medals and money for charity. Richard does it all. Richard, uh, I'll tell you what, we've got, to, we've got to get you back on the live stream when uh, when it's the Europa Conference League draw for Tottenham. I know mate, you'll be I'm excited away. for that one. I'm away. I'm away. Any, don't, any, you, you, any conference games, don't ask me. I'll tell you, my phone's <laughs> off then. Thursday night, Thursday night, I'm watching like Only Way is Essex or something like that. I'm watching some... <laughs> East Enders or some of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason, Dave, and Rich, thanks so much for joining me. Um, let's hope that Spurs can get a win away from home uh, and uh, try and get that Europa Conference League spot, hopefully, uh, and finish the season on a high. And, uh, you know, hopefully we will get news very soon of a new director of football, a new head coach, and let's hope that this club can go back in the right direction. Thanks for watching, everyone. If you don't, uh, Currently subscribe to the channel. Please hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening to this on an audio platform, please do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. We will see you Sunday after the game. Until then, come on, you Spurs.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.